Connecticut area where we are is very well conserved in, ter in terms of there's so many untouched just woodlands, the rivers right there. It's beautiful. We have lots of trails around. And sometimes I feel like some of the dogs we saw just didn't get enough activity or enrichment out of just like a 30 minute walk. Mm. There were some dogs that I know they could have well done well, maybe like a second visit during the day to mm -hmm. like break it apart. You know, they can only get enriched so much in like their own little walk in the neighborhood, but they do every day. And the exercise part too, right? I was like, there has to be a need for this because there are so many dogs that they're just, just kind of not getting enough. Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the Pet Biz Guru and founder of the Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hey there, guys, and welcome to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive podcast. I'm very excited. We are in another episode of our Revenue Streams series, and I am actually here today with Adriana, and she is with Shoreline Happy Paws, and she is going to be sharing with us her additional revenue stream of adventure walks, adventure hikes. Yeah, adventure walks, hikes. We are just um, now calling them adventure outings. Adventure outings. So they could be anything. Love it. Love it. So we are enjoying ourselves. We are actually still down in Orlando, Florida together. You don't see you listeners out there, but we have ended an amazing conference at the Florida Pet Services Association. So we are in the hotel room enjoying a glass of Riesling. Yeah. So cheers, you know, everyone. Cheers. <laughs> grab, grab a glass of your favorite beverage uh, with you and join us on this. So Super excited to have her on. Now, I know that she has had this as a large portion of her pet business now for a period of time. She mm -hmm. is one of the members of Pet Biz MBA. So super excited to have her on here. And why don't you start out just by telling everyone about your business in general? Where are you? Mm -hmm. Size of your team? When you got started? All the goods. All right. So I started Shoreline Happy Paws in Connecticut in 2017 when I moved there that year. But my very original, like original origins, listen to me. <laughs> original origins. I uh, was in Qatar. I lived there for about seven years. Um, I finished high school there. And I pretty much was um, like a high school hobby sitter. I happened to live in a setting where there were many people that had a lot of disposable income and not family around or friends like there was a lot of like expats in the area mm -hmm. so i was always busy and then i graduated um sorry i'm telling you my story now instead of like what the business is. oh that's okay okay You're so, well, you know, <laughs> our identity. how my mind goes well that's that's how our businesses start right. it's that's part right. of our identity it's, yeah it's the whole package yeah so basically um i was there I graduated high school and I went to um, Seton Hall University in New Jersey for my career was supposed to be in diplomacy and international relations because I'm very into like global issues, history and all that stuff. But I dropped out after a year and then I went back to Qatar uh, and I'm like, 
had this horrible existential crisis, but I jumped. I'm like, I cry pretty much every day for like a good like three, four months. <laughs> but I jumped right back into what I used to do there as you know, as a high schooler, just cooking for people. And um it pretty much, you know, back in high school I didn't couldn't really make it a business anyway. Um but I pretty much started being a business there. And um then I moved to Connecticut in 2017. Show and have it both started in Connecticut in 2017. And since then, it's just been like this crazy lifestyle. Well, even before, but in the snow instead of the desert. Oh like my gosh. Totally different. Wow. Way. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. A huge yeah. switch. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it was a huge switch. I had only lived in the winter land for that year. I was in Seton Hall. I was not used to the snow, not used to the eyes at all. And in Qatar, it was the sultry heat. It's it's hotter than Arizona, like that. Um, and it's, I'm still kind of getting used to Fahrenheit. <laughs> I don't really do it. Okay. Uh, I do my temperature in Celsius. So it, there were many, many days in the summer that we reached 45, 50 Celsius. I think it's like 120, yeah. 115. But it's dry. Um, but it's dry. I did have a heat stroke in the car one time. Oh. It was not fun. Uh, but we survived it. So now we, instead of walking those in the sand, we walk them in the snow. So how, I mean, obviously you had experience doing the work, not the business part. So what, what has happened since 2017? What's your team look like now? So at some point last year, we were eight people. Um, I would say about three, three to four full-time people and the rest of them were part-time. We were still doing a lot of like pet sitting and travel care, which meant that staffing and scheduling and things like that were a lot more complicated. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're literally down to three full-time people. Okay. Which kind of, it's a lot of pressure, right? Okay. No um, part-time people now? One very floating one. Um, and I'm hitting that staffing sign right now, like everyone else. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're all yeah. feeling that. Exactly, and especially for hiking. Well, for you know the actual yeah, we'll the <laughs> pretty much. I, I want anyone who I hire to be versatile because we do a lot of dog hiking and dog walking. Anyone who I hire, I need to be able to do both. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to find people who can do both. Who you know will be out in the trails for an hour, getting in my mosquitoes, getting mud in their boots and stuff. So that's why. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, sure. I mean, pretty much as we are, are all our works in yeah. progress. So mm -hmm. do you still do the pet sitting, travel, pet care? We still do for some clients. We do a lot of overnights, which even direct up the price, you know, Connecticut minimum wage, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you pay minimum wage. We pay, we pay, we sometimes outsource it to, out, you know, outsource it to our staff pretty much instead of me doing it. But then at least if I do it now, it means that I'm gonna, getting out of my house and my routine. At least we're actually, that's the standard price for it right now. So we do some travel care, but any, pretty much, I would have to say any inquiries that we've taken in the last, what, four months, we pretty much declined travel care on this okay. was a cat or like a very easy dog that's next to the house that's with the neighbors that we see every day or something mm -hmm. like that. You know, they're a very good referral from like a very good client. Professional considers need to fill that gap. But at the same time, it just takes such a toll on your staff because you have to do 9 p.m. visits and 6 a.m. visits. Hopefully, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah, I know. The, you know, whoever manages the schedule has to be pretty much on 24-7. If someone's on an overnight and you get a 2 a.m. call that, hey, 
it's never happened. So it's like, I got looked out, I'll take the down. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, if there is anyone that says they've run the numbers, this is the person that oh, yeah. would do that. She has the most extraordinary involved <laughs> spreadsheets to break it up. I mean, I love them too, but this girl really loves spreadsheets. <laughs> If, yeah, I have a spreadsheet for pretty much anything. Just, just about. <laughs> just about anything. She yeah. knows the profit on a daily on basis. On a daily basis, by round, by step. I'm surprised it's not yeah. by minute. I'm surprised too. <laughs> I should have no. my thought slot in the schedule. 12 to oh. 1 p.m. We're booked out then 9 to 10. You know, things like oh, that. See, there's just yeah. one more thing. You can yeah. work on some formulas then. <laughs> the pressure's on. <laughs> Oh, good night. So, okay, so three full-time people, one floater. Mm-hmm. Are you still doing the work yourself? All the admin stuff, that's in nothing on the field. Okay. Yes. I'm on the field if someone pulls out, pretty much. Okay. Which, sadly, lately has happened a lot, mm-hmm. but we're working through it. But that's why I wasn't hiring, just to get, I feel like I need two part-time people to cover the call-outs of, like, one of where field people go out. Yeah, much. yeah, especially yeah. when you're relying so much on that limited base of full-time people. Exactly. That, yep, they, they call out, and they're like, whoa. Yeah, they, they started part-time and loved it, evolved full-time. So it's one of those things where I feel like I also cannot hire a part-time person to take away hours from them. So mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's a huge balance game. It is. I know yeah. a lot of listeners probably feel the same thing mm-hmm. if they have teams. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, <laughs> so so let's see. You started back in 2017 with mm-hmm. your actual business here after that talk, right. mm-hmm. and then when did you start taking on adventure walks? Explain what what you consider so that what service is to be. Adventure walk. So I felt we have the, the Connecticut uh, the Connecticut area where we are is very well conserved in term in terms of. There's so many untouched, just woodlands, the rivers right there. It's beautiful. We have lots of trails around. A lot. Like, we have a lot of them. And sometimes I felt like some of the dogs we saw just didn't get enough activity or enrichment out of just, like, a 30-minute walk. Mm. There were some dogs that I know they could have well done well maybe, like, the second visit during the day to, mm-hmm. like, break it apart. But... You know, they can only get enriched so much in, like, their own little walk in the neighborhood, but they do every day. With, right. Like, three, four times a day. When Rest we're in the Exactly. Um, and, um, and the exercise part, too, right? So I was like, there has to be a need for this because there are so many dogs that they're just, just kind of not getting enough. Um, and we have all these like, beautiful trails around. Um, and it's also... Uh, it was for me a good way at the time I was seeing how can I scale this more than like just like a regular, I think at that time it was like 25 minutes, $25 per 30 minute walk. How can I scale this more mm-hmm. and maybe just do it as a, um, as an extra service. So we started, let me see. So we moved here January, 2017. We launched that service in September, 2019. Okay. Two years into business. Two years into business pretty much. And thank God I did because when COVID hit, all the 30 minute walks, party breaks, all that stuff that's like just the one up, you know, that little appointment in the middle of the day, that all went out the window. People were working from home and hey, I can let my dog out, I can take them out, and I'll be fine. However, at that point, we already had some established walks, but the people who usually 
book them at that point in COVID, they were people who usually went um, were into a work from home schedule as opposed to being in the office all mm -hmm. day. Yeah. And they got into Zoom and with the stress of like, oh my gosh, why, how do I perform well in my job? Is the world ending? And my dog is panting and whining because I'm here, but he feels like he needs the company and he needs the, you know, my attention to him and not my computer. So there was a lot of barking, um, barking and like barking at the mailman when he used to come. Yes. They're normal. Like, they're normal. Was, yeah. I feel, like <laughs> I, I feel like a new market could completely emerge of people who didn't realize like actually my dog needs a lot of exercise and enrichment even if I'm home. So we pretty much all the third, you know, the 30 minute, 15 minute party breaks went out the window and the whatever, whoever was hiking remained and then new hikers were added. Okay. So you were able to see a so lot that's of people right. who wanted the, to transition. Who wanted to transition. Or we saw um sometimes what happens is that some people, well like non-COVID era, wanted the uh, Monday to Friday, five days a week walks, but they saw that we had adventure hikes and they just wanted to have more of like an adventure for their dog, like something to break the routine. You know, we go out for an hour plus transfer time and come back, they're tired, they're ready to just kind of nap for the day pretty much. Something that they usually may not necessarily have done after a 30 minute walk. Mm, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that that is what carried you through the pandemic. Pretty much. That's what saved our athletes. <laughs> Literally, it really did. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I mean, let's look at now, post-pandemic, what percentage mm -hmm. of your overall services are your adventure walk? So for last year, I calculated that it was full about 40%, which is a good chunk. Um, and the, those are all, whether they're group walks, solo walks, which we also, sorry, group hikes, or solo hikes, which we also do for dogs that don't get along with other dogs and we just wouldn't be a good idea to have them around other dogs. Mm -hmm. um, and then just sometimes people um, like send their dog to their grandparents or like their parents, right? It's the grand dog. Yeah. And the grand dog stays with them for a week or two and they just want more activity because they're just not able to give the, the dog the exercise it needs. Um, so we just go and hike them solo because we cannot really integrate them into an already established group for a short and it's time. It's going to be there for two weeks. So okay. then we just hike them solo in the area. Okay. 40% yeah. significant. So really yeah. you yeah. have your adventure hiking, you still have regular dog walking mm -hmm. and then overnights and a sprinkling of a travel. Little bit of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is, I mean, is this your predominant service now? I would say time-wise, it probably is because, you know, it takes, it's the the guaranteed trail, uh, the guaranteed trail time is an hour, but there's, you know, the pickups, um, a lot of the hikes are two, three or four dogs. The biggest one we have is four that comes Tuesday and Thursday and the rest of them are mostly two dogs or three. But sometimes, so the, for, for 9 a.m. is usually, we go to the, you know, to the first pickup. I try to pack up the route as much as possible. I would consider anything longer than five to six minutes long. Like, because um, it could add up to time, right? So five minutes, step one, next five minutes, step two, between, next five minutes, step houses. three. Okay. And then it's the direction of the trail, which we told the walkers, go to the trail, 
that's closer to the latest, like, to the third pickup, right? Right. Sometimes they have the liberty of going like somewhere a little further if they want. By far further, I mean five more minutes that way. Okay. Supposed <laughs> to like right there. So I mean, is it? Are we talking? They're driving fifteen minutes, or they driving thirty? Oh no, no, um, fifteen minutes. Okay. Minutes. That many trips. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we oh with the pickup. So from the third pickup, they would drive at most five minutes. Oh, okay. Now they're with yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah. So um, good turnaround time. Are they typically gone when you said it's a guaranteed hour? Is it two hours total that most of them are gone? Say door to door for each dog, it would okay. be about an hour and 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are like neighbors. So they like, you just pick them up. Like we just do one pickup. Yes. Or some households are two dog households. And because it's a capacity thing, you know, in the car, we don't. We're not going to chuck like six dogs in one car or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, we just need two stops. Oh, sorry, three stops for a four dog pack, for example. Right. Or two stops for a three dog pack. And the customers get paid per dog per hike because the dog, the actual body of the dog is like the capacity, right, in the car and in the trail. Are all three of your full timers doing these hikes? Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. so each of them have their routes. So do you do two two of these pickup routes a day, or are they all just doing one? We do religiously. There's always the first a first hiking group in the morning at nine for a nine a.m. pickup. Mm -hmm. Then there's a little bit of dog walking, depending on the day. It could be you could jump right into another hike at eleven, like eleven thirty, or a series of dog walks nearby to then go pick up the next group at 12 or 1. It depends on their day and their route. Okay. Most of them do two hiking groups a day. So there's usually like a morning one and then the midday hour or afternoon one. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's nice because you do have the capacity the option to, do to, to hit yeah. two, two groups yeah. in yeah. one day. And I would mm -hmm. guess that, I mean, if you're looking at people on a full-time schedule, you could, because yours is all so close, you technically could probably do three groups a day. Yeah, you technically could. Um, That's a lot. It's a lot your on your. It's a lot on your body. Yeah. Um, and I kind of gave them the you know the liberty of hey, if you want to take it easy this day, go to you know go to the little trail and do that one twice as opposed to the high impact one that has like a little bit of elevation and a stream and all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm very into like employee empowerment. Like I don't want to be that boss that's like micromanaging about you have to go here and then whatever. Part of the reason I think that why we've had such good longevity in our staff is that we just give them hey just. There are people. There are people who love the trails and love being out in nature. So I kind of just give them the liberty of like going to like, go at the pace that you want. This, I mean, the ducks still get the exercise anyway. They're cooked after an hour. Oh, like mental exercise. Yeah, and the mental exercise too. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. So now, I mean, these. I guess tell me about the type of people that you need to find. For this type of service because i mean this ain't your average dog walk that you're looking for i mean I've, I've got an amazing 70 year old employee that goes out and does dog walking for me every day but mm -hmm. no this would not be oh, something you no. would sign up for yeah so, no way give us the profile of the perfect adventure hike employee and kind of how i mean you've got three mm -hmm. really stable ones yeah but how would you go about finding another one what characteristics are you looking for i would say it has to be someone who 
for for example, we have luck to be a park ranger, hike every weekend, just to go exploring. <laughs> Did you just say would love to be a park, a park ranger? ranger? Yeah. <laughs> and I just love, loves nature, loves looking at the rock formations and uh-huh. you know, just being out in the trail, looking at the trees that probably knows what trees sit, or you know, um is a far fear interview. No, no, it's not, but it's like what kind of tree like, is that? <laughs> Just late nature lovers, people okay. who love being it's just out in the trail and love dogs too. Yeah. Yeah. Um and also just people who want to get the exercise. Because one of our walkers, he said, I think I um think he wanted the job initially to just kind of get in shape. Right. Say. And that's like so he like he has done three hikes a day before, like two group ones and a solo okay. one. And, that come and came in and yeah. the trail, <laughs> the trail. Yeah. Um, so you know, people who are like, I guess, really into fitness, getting in shape, love nature, be loving out. You know, you get some people sometimes in the interviews, and you're like, as sometimes that's me because the mosquitoes lately this summer have just been like, oh, they love me, they love me way too much. So oh. I sometimes I look like a lunatic in the trail because I have a little hat and like a net over me, like right here, because they just love me. I don't know if it's my shampoo or what, but I don't know. Yeah. This summer they're just in the the depth of me. So sweet blood. So you will, you know, if you have any people that kind of get nervous out in the woods, or like if they see a snake, they freak out, mm. or um, I don't know, like people will get nervous about being in the woods by yeah. themselves wouldn't really be the best match. Right. Comfort, um, comfort, the com- level. comfort level. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. also you know, dealing with, as you said, you, you combine households. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you're dealing with somebody that needs to have a little bit higher level oh, of absolutely. body to, language awareness. They definitely need to um, be savvy in dog body language. Um, we do the training program and everything through FetchFind as well. Uh, but during the interview process, well, back then, a lot of our staff has been with us for about two years now, two or two, two to you know, one to two years now. Um, and I th- honestly think I got super lucky with them because they just were people that kind of got dogs. And, we, you know, in the interview process, you can talk about them. I think the best way to interview one of those candidates is just to get talking about dogs and like, oh, what did you have growing up? And you're just sharing anecdotes of like dirt works and stuff to mm-hmm. see what stuff they noticed. But stuff they know, or you know, just their overall background in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have them like shadow you on one of these? Oh sites? yeah, 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 absolutely. For training, they definitely have to shadow um, a lot. I would say about three days worth, just so they can see the dynamics of it, um, and also so they can kind of just get kind of learn trail etiquette. Like sometimes. You get very nice people who just kind of pass through, like, kind of, okay, you have three dogs, I see you, okay, I'll just put over. Sometimes you get the, you know, weird people who want to, like, approach you and the dogs are, they literally said the dogs are, like, wanting to eat them, mm-hmm. but they still want to, oh, can I pet them? Like, do you really want to pet them? Yeah, dog really <laughs> they love yeah. so, and you also get off-leash hikers, um, like, other hikers. Um, I would say that from all the dogs we hike, I think we see about, 30 hikers a week. I would say only three go off leash. Um, and we ha- I know it's that like controversial. I get I get the liability I'm taking. I get that. They they're like weird cases where it's, they get mo- the most exercise that way and they're less reactive to all outside triggers. 
if one of these dogs is on the leash and we saw another dog, we put another dog in the park in the like the lake area, shit would hit the fan. But if this dog, I mean, even her her own parents had her off leash all the time. Right. And they asked us to hide her off leash too, just for the reactivity part of it. Mm-hmm. So we do. And you know, yeah, she has waiver, yeah, waiver all but yeah. I'm a big advocate for leashed hikes. I use a tiny horse leashes, so they're a lot better. They're a lifesaver when I found out about nice. them. Nice, yes. I love them. I have like six sets. Um, so what you do is that as opposed to having four different leashes on you, what you do is that you they have connectors on their harnesses to one big ring. That big ring is connected to like your one, you know, handle uh-huh. leash. Uh-huh. And sometimes you could, you know, put it on your back or you could just, I don't really recommend that because depending on how much they're cooling, you may just create all their problems. If they're if the ground is unsteady, you don't want that attached to you, you just want it on the hand. Uh, but what it does is that it distributes the weight of the cooling, if there's cooling, from all the dogs into the ring. So they kind of pull on each other first before they pull on you. So that okay. the whole I guess weight pull distribution, it's a lot easier that way. It's a favorite for a lot of people that do okay. any kind of pack work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a lifesaver. And those are the same ones that we use to uh, hook them up in the car. Uh, what we do is that depending on the vehicle that the staff has, we we like set it up. Like this is part of training. We like uh, teach them how to set up their car. We, car uh, we buy the car mat according to, you know, their car model, fit it in, say, okay, you have a hook here. We kind of show them around like how they could better use their car for the actual job. Um, and we give them the tiny horse, like little extensions mm-hmm. that they're also part of the leash, but we tell them, okay, if you get a reactive dog that we have some dogs that they're completely fine in the walk on the trail, but they're just getting a little weird when other dogs are entering the car. Okay. We have to like separate them all in different corners, let's say. Mm-hmm. And that's like, they never really like break the car. That's not safe at all. No, I no, recommend no. that. So you have a, I mean, they're on a harness, and they're then you harness. have some sort of an attachment. Exactly. So they're attached. Yeah. I wish that I could get like a big van with all the crates and stuff. We actually saw. Uh, say hi to uh, Amber. Yes. <laughs> the presentation today went over lots of another. I think another series of like diversifying your income and things. And they were, you know, we talked about grooming vans and mobile dog gyms and pet transportation vans and all this stuff. I wish I could have something like that right now, but it's just not the right time yet. Yeah. It's a big investment. The presentation was great. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Outfitting a vehicle for that type of transportation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's pretty pricey. The car has worked for us for, with the staff for two years, for just me and my husband, about three good good years. So. Uh Yeah, that's great. So, okay, so up to four dogs they're taking at a time, sometimes combination of animals. So mm-hmm. tell me about uh, the drive around. I know a lot of people I, I see ask questions about, like, what do you do with them when you go pick up the next dog? Are you leaving them in the car? Mm-hmm. What's the safety considerations of that? So I would say that 95% of our hiking clients are home. Pretty much so they're um, there to okay. hand the dog over the next time. If they happen to be in a Zoom meeting or something, we just like quickly go in, harness them, and bring them all out. Um, you usually leave the car running because it's either hot or cold. Um, but the dogs just kind of stay in the car. And they're usually kind of just napping there. Yeah. Or just, 
I mean, these are not to accept. They're pretty used much, to us. Pretty much. Yeah, they're they're used to it. A lot of the dogs that we've hiking have they've been hiking with us for since either COVID or since we launched the service in 2019. Like they're all kind of up to capacity. They're mm-hmm. not bags right now. But I would think probably once somebody starts, they want to keep their spot. Pretty much, yes. Oh, you mean like the dog, like in the car waiting, or like oh, no, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, the, the human, the, the human. human, yes. Oh, yeah. The absolutely. human is like, yeah, absolutely. they don't want to risk having yeah. their spot filled and not being yeah. able to come back. And that's actually has has helped us with the client retention over the summer, like all those teachers for people that are like, oh, myself kind of being home from college, so I don't need you. Yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. if you get the three months, I'm going to have a space for you in the pack hike that goes out every, like, you know, in your routine. So they just kept it like the whole summer pretty much. Yeah. So that helps with client retention because. Yeah, uh, we do have some clients, I think I already said this, sorry, um, that we initially walk Monday through Friday for 30 minutes, but they want a little bit more in their dog's life. So they either hike Monday, Wednesday, Friday, walks the other two days, or the or the opposite, like okay. Monday, Wednesday, Friday walks, Tuesday, Thursday hikes instead. So what mm-hmm. is um, what is like the cost increase? What percentage is your hike more than your walk? Uh, actually, I, I talked to um, uh, several people this weekend, and I think I'm undercharging. Uh, our 30-minute walks are $31, and our um, one-hour adventure hikes, like kind of like um, Tuesday, third, twice a week. Um, sorry, I'm like babbling now. I require a commitment of um, at least twice a week so we can pair that with a group. Mm. And they can't change the dates. Like they can't say, "Hey, Adrian, I know we come Tuesday, Thursday. Can I come Friday instead?" No, because it's a totally different group. Like they right. have to, unless that one different group is also the group from Tuesday, Thursday. Okay. I can't really change them. Makes sense. Um, and so those are forty-five. Now we just did a price increase, so forty-five for one hour in the trails plus you know, pick up and drop off, which is really weird because our one-hour visit rate is technically sixty dollars because you know for the. For the incrementational yeah um, yeah increase right um but i'm like part of me is like maybe you should realize because i can set up the dog it's not like i'm just doing one 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 right right the solo hikes are different those are 50 but they should be 60 right because those are mm-hmm. for one hour rates right so, yeah well, i mean we're always tweaking yeah we're always that's tweaking. it you put it out mm-hmm. there iterate Mm-hmm. you know yeah figure out what works better exactly and i was gonna say yeah it's 50 yeah we have a one solo hiker that comes with us monday through friday that rate should technically be 60 but we do like the discount of 50 just to like help them out because you know their bill is like ten hundred dollars yeah they're, they're probably can afford it though if they're signing up for that well we, the client has kind of made it a point that it's expensive so mm-hmm. she doesn't mm-hmm. go mom so i get her. there's a yeah there's yeah, a whole other conversation that's a whole other conversation yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me how you go about like let's say somebody calls and says hey i want to get on your schedule mm-hmm. and you happen to have an availability mm-hmm. in one of your packs how do you go about the evaluation and match mm-hmm. process right so there are those are very different questions that we ask um Versus like like a dog um, rolling a dog walking client that we know we're never really gonna mingle with any other dog. Mm-hmm. We ask them, you know, um, like tell me about your day to day with your dog, just to kind of get um, 
adverse of what the daily life for this dog looks like day to day. Whether they go to the park, you know, if they if they if they're um, exposed to other elements, if they're resilient, if they go walking downtown, or if it's a dog that's only ever known in their yard. If it's reactive to other dogs in the neighborhood, how does it do in the car? The car question is really important. We do like during the meet and greet. Um, it takes a lot long. It takes there's a lot more to it than just like a regular dog walking inquiry. We test them to see how they are in the car. Some dogs are totally used, for, you know, to the car, and others just completely freak out. So there's like a lot of. If we ever get one of those, we kind of just do solo hikes for the first few days just to desensitize them to the car and see like. You know, like making sure that they don't just jump, try to jump right out, right? When we're like opening the trunk or something. Right. They're um, tethered anyway, but mm -hmm. it's that like, okay, wait, sit, wait, right. treat, all that stuff. Um, but when we're introducing a new hiker to the pack, what we do is that we have to handle hers. So the new hiker technically is look for a solo hike because that could, that meeting could very well not work at all. And they just have to be high separately for mm -hmm. that day, right? We we've only had, I think our screening process does a very good job of like just kind of qualifying dogs that we know will be a good fit, and we just need to actually just see how they're gonna get along, right? Um, I would say that they have to do that maybe two to three times to hike with two um handlers in the so same pack. Or sometimes what we do is we, we actually tether them to see like how they do because these are dogs are if they're gonna hike they're gonna hike you know next to each other for you know, you know right right so they have to be comfortable with that proximity we know we watch their body language we try to keep them all um like under threshold per se sometimes we get dogs who have no aggression whatsoever but they just happen to be too happy to roll that we're really over threshold, which then affects the other dogs. And we know that's not going to be an issue of aggression uh -huh. or anything for the new hiker. But then, you know, the established hikers is certain respect and their boundaries too, that the other dog is just not getting the signals, you know, it's too, too in their face or like trying to call them too much. And the other dog, it hasn't even gotten to like a growl or anything yet. It's just like the other dogs just like, like yeah, you know, just trying to miserable experience. Exactly. For that exactly. Or we just try to, you know, redirect that, direct that. Right. So right. that's why we need the two hinder things um, as well. Okay. So parallel hikes for a while. Yeah, like pretty much. Pretty much. And then what, I mean, if they end yeah. up just not being appropriate for the group hike situation, mm -hmm. then you hike them separately at we, the same price. Yeah. We offer no. We would have to go to, with solo hikes because I have to send one person. Right. So, yeah. but I mean, oh, but these, would oh, it be the same price for oh, the that actual hour hike itself? No, it would have to be priced as a solo hike, so the fifty or fifty dollar price. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you compensate? You compensate your staff extra if they have more dogs? Oh uh, yeah. So what we do is that we pay per dog per hike. So. If they have one dog, they get paid like their hourly rate. Mm -hmm. say. If they like, kind of like what they would do with an hour with, with a one-hour visit. If they have two dogs, they get paid for the two dogs, but that's not the hourly rate. That's like a little lower because they can stack it up. Um, and same, you know, for three for three dogs and, and so on. Um, I started paying hourly <laughs> when I initially had staff. We weren't really doing much hiking at the time. I was just doing that myself. Mm -hmm. 
and I did find that people kind of just kind of milk the club, um, which is not ideal. And <laughs> just you know, not ideal. Not ideal. Especially with the hikes. I don't know. I was like, maybe I can phrase it in a way that you know, doing a hike for one hour with four dogs doesn't necessarily deserve the same hourly pay as doing a very easy cat visit. And we actually have that in our job description, in our compensation guide that we send them, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of like explain how they get paid. Because it's like really, it's not hourly. So it's kind of complicated to explain, but they make more per hour than what we would like usually offer for a part-time pet care position. Uh, so we pay per dog per hike. And for assignment, like 15-minute visits or um, get paid like 15-minute visits, 30-minute mm -hmm. visits or this, 45-minute visits or this, 60-minute visits or these. Uh, One-hour adventure hikes solo are these. And, you know, if you have a two-dog hike, it's for two dogs. If you have a three-dog hike, it's for three. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, I can imagine that they would really want the, like, I want the easy pack of four dogs. <laughs> we actually, because that is going to be the most lucrative for them. It's so hard so some of them are actually like actually i just want like i we have a really different type of stuff in our three full-time stuff yeah some of them you know love to pack them up or sometimes they realize like it's you know it's a lot for, for one hour in the high in in a trail can be a lot mm -hmm. um but others that just want to kind of like leisurely walk two dogs and you know go around the trail splash in the water come back to the park yeah. Yeah. So I get preferences. Sometimes I would love to have, when I when I hike the four dog pack myself, I loved it. And when I hike the two, when I hike the solo one myself, I loved it too. Like it's all I guess how you're feeling. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You know, <laughs> way back when I started doing my pet sitting business, like the late nineties. I would do something similar. And I've thought about doing it so many times since then. I'd go around and I would pick up several different dogs. We'd go to one location mm -hmm. and just run and play. And it was yeah. a total blast. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, when you specifically remember, you know, Gizmo, Mooney, and, oh my and Nikki, and how they would all play together. And it was just, it was so fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, never a squabble. Yeah. They were all so happy together. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it takes a lot for you to be comfortable enough with your own abilities to start combining mm -hmm. dogs. And some people just like, I know I for a long time since I had that idea kind of just before I moved to Mother's Trail. But I was just so nervous about the trail and being there with three, four dogs and, you know, in the U.S., everyone likes to sue each other, so I'm going to oh, sue you for looking at me wrong in the trail, you know, what, yeah. whatever, all this stuff can happen, right? So. One of the biggest challenges <laughs> that you've seen with this service that mm -hmm. listeners might want to be aware of? Mud. <laughs> Mud. Um, if there's algae blooms, we don't get those, but um, rolling in coyote poop. Oh. You know, you can get that stuff. Okay. Um, we got deer poop we, where we are. Yeah, we have something that we really have to be careful with, which is Lyme disease. We have Lyme. Uh, two towns over is Lyme, Connecticut, where Lyme disease is from. So we have oh. a lot of ticks in our area that we have to be extremely careful about. So part of the service is also doing a you know a tick check because they're okay. everywhere pretty much. But before going in the trail, oh, I missed like the whole thing before we hit the trail. We pretty uh, we will use Wonderside, which I love. I love the brand. I spray it on myself too for mosquitoes and everything. What is it again? Wonderside. Wonder. Wonderside. 
Yeah. Like W-O-N-D-E-R. Yeah. Wonder. Wonderful. Wonder. Like uh, fighter. <laughs> Wonder side. And so what particularly is that? It's a um, natural, let me see, like a natural essential oil mix of uh, mosquito tick repellent. The woman, I may, I may have to like. Woman I who, will find it and yeah, put the link in the show. Yeah, the woman who um, created created this product created it because her own dog died of the tick. Um, I don't remember if it was the tick collar thing killed him or one of the or one of the pills. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she did this natural remedy that you can literally if you want anyone harm you. Okay, so that's what we sprayed ourselves and the dogs and it like works it works it's it works I perfectly look for anything yeah it works perfectly uh especially I, if you're not spraying yourself with date it, yeah oh yeah yeah we don't want that at all the wonder side works wonders okay like walking, highly recommend walking advertising in the capital of lime in the world oh yeah didn't even think about that yeah um so that's you know I so yeah. a lot so of precautions that mm-hmm. um mud mud tips. Heat. If yeah. it's really hot, you in between the trees, they may not be as hot as other parts, but you just really need to be conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, if it's a really hot summer day, you may have to have the dogs just kind of splash, do a little walking, splash again, um, or just do a little loop, do a little bit of training reinforcement, like not go for like a full one hour of like nonstop walking. Do your hikers carry like supplies? Yeah, we water. Give, yeah, we give them a whole like, uh, like employee hiking and walking kit. Okay. You know, uh, it includes like a human first aid thing, a canine first aid thing. Sorry, kit. Same thing too much. Yes. Um, you know, the tiny horse leashes, poo bags, dog walking bag, uh, collapsible bowl, the wonder side treats, high value treats, clicker. Like anything they could need oh, for the snow, yak tracks, uh, something you wrap around your hiking boots yes. so that it's slippery, you have more traction on the floor. Um, so you supply a lot. I supply a lot, yeah. So, I mean, what's like total total cost expense on a oh outfit in your walker? Whole kit, it's, I could be 100 okay. for $100, depending on what we're, where we find stuff from. That's significant, it's but lot, it's yeah. really but good revenue it. over that. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, we yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we phased off, and uh, my worst nightmare like I've actually dreamt this before of like an employee calling me in the middle of the trail, like Adriana broke the leg, and I'm in the middle of nowhere. Oh. That's like my worst nightmare. So I try to empower them and just equip them with like as many safety things as well. Right. Like, yeah. 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 We just had a sitter that was out hiking with her family over the weekend and fell and broke her femur. Yeah. No, oh, that's not even. Oh my god, I know. Femur is like the, I know. It's hard really hard to break. Yeah, really so, hard to break. Uh, so yeah, I mean that certainly can happen. But wow, with dogs, there's so many other factors. Coyote. Well, uh, we have some bobcats, but I'm more afraid of um, finding a fisher cat instead of a coyote or something. A fisher cat are like kind of from the weasel family. And they're not afraid of you. Not afraid of humans. Not afraid mm-hmm. of dogs. They will mm-hmm. literally fight you to death. Oh, jeez. So, Fisher, Fisher, Fisher cat. Fisher cat. They're, right. they're like. New thing for me. Yeah. I'm taking all these notes. Fisher cat. So, we thankfully haven't run into those. But they're around. 
coyotes have like kind of photos like just like me and you want me to then uh, like, i would have to say friendly coyotes maybe that even makes i mean they're they're mm-hmm, cute right but mm-hmm. like nobody like my dog wants to eat you or the dog wants to play with you but i can't no, happen. No. <laughs> no. so i mean yeah. i'm sure you probably depending on the trail you <laughs> encounter people that are potentially not quite as favorable yeah, I think yeah. Their dogs that are like, oh, can we come play? Yeah, I think that we go in a time of the day where a lot of those people don't come because it's in the middle of the day. Where okay, so that that helps. Hiking on the weekends is a total different thing. You have to kind of see if it's you know if you see a lot of cars in the parking lot, maybe not this trail. Maybe let's just hang in the park and see if some people leave and then hit the trail. So you do weekend hikes also? Yeah, we do that. Oh, okay. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, you know, it's it's a total different ball game than dog walking. So liability is there for any for anything can happen, right? Right. Um, you get I feel like a lot of people hike their dogs in kind of no trail etiquette in Connecticut, at least where we are. Mm. You get, you know, the rare lunatic here and there. Lunatic. <laughs> But nothing, you know, nothing too crazy. The worst that can happen is, the worst that can happen is, you know, I don't know if we dog comes and gets in a fight with yours. That's never happened, thankfully. Good. Because we, we train to, like, really keep your eyes peeled, like, everywhere. Like, if you see, I like when people wear orange because you can kind of see them from mm-hmm. far away, right? right. Um, so you can kind of anticipate, just go, you know, go go the other way or take a different trail. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, do you provide anything for your hikers that uh, would be for any kind of those emergency situations, like uh, air pet, horns, air horn, air okay, horns, I was say pet correct or halt. Yeah, we do have that. bear spray too. Bear spray. Okay. You have to. There are some bears in our area, thankfully not that far down south, but we have gotten some bears in Old Taper, right in the mouth of the river. Yeah, so um, stuck in people's pools. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just have to be careful not you know, to spray it. Mm-hmm. Not. Against no, not against the wind. Not in the wind, yeah. Not into the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. Another word. Yeah. You don't want to spray them and get it on your dog and you know, you know. But the air horn is typically the, the first horn. thing you the tell first, them to yeah. go yeah. for. That's okay. right. That's right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. If something happens. <laughs> so I mean, you know, asking the spreadsheet queen here because I know you probably have this answer. Mm-hmm. So profitability. You know, I'm just thinking numbers here. Um, you know, you're multiplying, of course, your your revenue based off of the per dog. Your profitability, of course, would be better on a four dog versus mm-hmm. a one dog. Mm-hmm. Have you done averages? I know, you know, you said you're running, you know, 40% of your revenue is the yeah. yeah. So I'm sure you probably run your revenue streams kind of differently with your profit and loss statement and your margins. That's right. So the pay per dog per hike can be anywhere from 12 to 16, I would say, mm-hmm. for the group hikes. And each dog pays, well, some of them still, still pay 42. Wow, holy cow. Guys. Like I said, we are, we are still in the uh, resort hotel room. I think that was just the ice maker. That was so. the ice maker. <laughs> Maybe some margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's um 12 is like our standard um like starting rate on probation 
and that I just made the math. That's twenty eight percent of labor. So okay. that would be so seventy one percent profitability. We also pay for mileage, right? So that shapes off uh, like three percent. Yeah, I'm gonna get to pay roll stuff because of the spreadsheet. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, the more packed the routes are, the better, uh-huh. right? Overall, for the walker, for you, for everyone. Um, so it really. I mean, this mm-hmm. compared to your regular, let's just say your 30-minute walk, what's your cost of service on your 30-minute walk? Those are 12 as well, actually. They start at 12. Yeah. So Compensation? That's, okay. Over, but you're getting 31? Oh, sorry. Sorry. So 12 over 20. You're going to have to edit this. That's 38. 12 over 20. 31. So 20, yeah. 38 labor. Yeah. So nice. that's 61 profit yeah so yeah. you're still i mean that's not counting your payroll taxes your oh, workers yeah. compensation so, i can tell you if i pull out the spreadsheet i know <laughs> See, i'm asking these questions when I well i mean i guess the main thing is you're just you're looking at your base and you're getting a you know a 61 percent gross margin yeah. on your um, actually on your dog walking mm-hmm. and you're getting a 71 percent margin on your group at least yeah. at least yeah. So I mean, that's just flat wages. That's not counting. Okay. And that's, that's, that's actually the starting rate. I calculated twelve over forty-two. Is mm-hmm. that the start? The floor of the tiers first uh, step phase, mm-hmm. and then the um, the thirty-minute walk. So that's also twelve. So I just calculated it's forty-four. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's probably, you know, other yeah. people that do this, this service. Like, I think for cost of goods sold is 14.95 with FICA taxes, workers comp, when I'm pointing all the good stuff. stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess for everyone that's listening that is not familiar with how we look at cost of service mm-hmm. in the industry, I will include that information down in the show notes mm-hmm. because that is one of the most important numbers for you to know oh, in the pet industry, especially the service industry. portion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I guess just to kind of sum this all up, definitely, I mean, it has its own considerations. I think one of the key things is finding the right type of person to provide these services, a lot of additional awareness because we're going from oh my gosh, yeah. one or two to potentially four. Mm-hmm. We're crossing households. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can do this, of course, but it is more profitable. Mm-hmm. Very. And it's clearly a needed thing for a lot of pets who may not be appropriate for the level of activity or mm-hmm. the stimulation of, let's say, a, you know, going to daycare. Oh, that's exactly what I was about. Really? What I was it? about to say. Yeah. We sometimes, when we get some questions, we're like, it's actually a perfect alternative to daycare. Because I worked in one, and it's literally chugging 30 dogs. Yeah. At least the one, the one I worked in wasn't really good. Uh-huh. It was uh, 15 dogs for one person. 15? And one person was always cleaning. And well, I mean, that's actually the 30 dogs. Sorry. In St. Sorry, Louis, it's insane. Yeah, it should be regulated. We've got some places regulated. that are 45 to 1, 50 they to 1. They could literally, like, kill. That's like, horrid you know, horrible. for the dogs. Horrible and super unfair on the staff, honestly. It really is. Really unfair. Really that's unfair. why they have such high turnover. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we painted us like a brand new to daycare because it's kind of like a teeny tiny mini daycare in a more controlled environment. Uh-huh. 
they know the dogs that they always go with and they're not in a warehouse with you know concrete or shitting on the floor and whatever they get to smell everything they get to you know feel and different textures and the rocks and the Mm. mud and the trail and and see other things see birds see squirrels so it also actually we have found that it actually desensitizes them to a lot of the stuff and they're not as reactive as they when they started obviously they will because they you know they um they will get used to it but they just overall just kind of enjoy it yeah yeah it's just a very different setting it's a perfect crossover than a daycare yeah i love this Mm -hmm. And they don't get the bad habits that you get from my face. Boy, that is a whole nother podcast. And you desensitize the dog to the car. So now the parent doesn't even have to worry. He doesn't have this whole, you know, obstacle about getting the dog to the car. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. they're just super comfortable when they get it. They they literally just nap. They just nap like on the way back. (laughs) They They just crash. They get water. They get fried. They get, you know, tick checked. Let me manage you. You're so good. And they literally close. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. I have pictures of that. Oh, I bet. They're like sleeping. They're quarters. The best <laughs> ever. So, okay. Well, I mean, you have pictures, so that means I'm sure you probably have those on social media. I actually don't have the pictures of them sleeping. I need to do a better you job. You do? Oh, my yeah. gosh. I don't. I need like, to, I just need to. put together a bunch of, like, little videos, snippet reels. Of, yeah. This is what your pets look like mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Just... We have a video that we actually got a uh, camera that's called Insta360. Uh-huh. And we pretty much put it in a dog harness. This was a solo hike. <laughs> we put it in a dog harness on the top of the dog. It was on the yeah. back. Yeah. And we got footage of, like, the whole hike. Oh. And you can just see this dog's, like, Flipping And I did, I did. Uh, that was one. Sometimes I, this is my problem, execution. And I, there was one week, you know, there are weeks I'm super productive. This goes out and this goes out and this goes out. But I literally, it literally means that I probably went to bed at three in the morning. Yeah. And woke up at six. Oh gosh. And then I'm burned out. <laughs> and then I'm like, exhausted, no inspiration, yeah. burned out the next week. And then I get like another flush of like, Let's do this and that and a million ideas yeah. a day. So it's like I'm trying to learn. That's but, it. Well, you're we have some, yeah. some footage, but not as cute. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So Instagram, Facebook. Instagram. The Instagram says uh, CG Happy Paws. We also have TikTok. Hello, it's on TikTok. Ooh. We need to be more active there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh CG Happy Paws as well. Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash CG Happy Paws as well. Um, those are our handles, but our official name is Shoreline Happy Boss. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, I will drop all that information down in the show notes. But yeah. this has been a joy. I knew oh, it would be. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just. I was so nervous. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Well, in the middle. No, well, it's even better with a glass of wine. Yeah, that, that definitely. Oh, let me oh, tell you. Uh, I know. I'm looking at I'm this. Such a bad guest. We're not we're, we're both we're both empty. So yeah, you know, that must mean that it's the end of the podcast, right? Yeah. Oh. Perfect end to the conference weekend. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate the report. All right, thanks guys for listening this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. Definitely check out all of the information I have down in the show notes for more information about Adriana and the Shoreline Happy Paws and the Adventure Walks. Talk to y'all next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram 
and learn more at PetBizGuru.com. What is your next best move?